Everyone is waiting. All right. Good evening and good afternoon. Good morning and good night to everybody. It is Sunday, April 17th, 2022. It's 2.05 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And this is the Fakeologist speaking. I'm coming to you from the North Shore of Lake Ontario in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And today we have a special broadcast early on a on a Sunday for me, because normally I am at 8 p.m. Eastern, because we are taking into account one-third of this truther trio, John Lebon, who is over in Plovdiv, Bulgaria, which is deep into the European Central Time Zone, so we don't want to keep him up into the wee hours of the night. So we've got uh, John Lebon, and we also have Tim Osmond of infinite plane radio joining us and we've done this once before and these guys are some of the best truthers in the world and we all have a lot of overlap in what we like to talk about but i think it's really important to keep talking and keep integrating audiences and see if there's any overlap and synchronicities and and otherwise just good faith and good cheer that we can work off each other and and just promote our our form and version of the truth. So welcome. We'll go first with John the Bond since he came here first and say hello to John the Bond. Am I coming through clearly? Perfectly clearly. It's excellent quality tonight. I'm glad to hear that. Well, it's good to be here. Yes, I'm coming to you from beautiful Plovdiv, Bulgaria, where it's springtime here, Ab. And the sun is out and the birds are chirping and the sky is blue. And it's just a wonderful time to be alive. So it's great to be here. Thank you for the invitation. It should be a lovely conversation, I'm sure. Absolutely. And then we also have the great Tim Osman of Infinite Plane Radio, who does a show almost every night and is scrambling always to bring you the latest and greatest views and the Metascript. So welcome, Tim Osman. Hey, thanks for having me on. And yeah, I think between uh, my think tank here, uh, John LeBonds and the fakeologists out there, I think we've pretty much got a handle on everything that's going on. I've been describing this world stage as a like a puzzle with a million pieces. And the more people we have working on it, the more we can actually build towards something cohesive as far as what are we looking at here. And I think we're miles ahead of where even the most informed truther was even five years ago, because that's just the information age has caused all these things to kind of uh, percolate here. So anyway, this should be fun. Today is Easter, and I know in North Korea, they're celebrating Day of the Sun, where they literally worship their leader as the sun. I'm Uh sure that's just a coincidence that their (laughs) sun worship holiday is timed with Easter Easter, and that's timed with the pagan Ishtar worship day, but we'll see. You know, I I think that this is an interesting day to have this talk, because these holidays, the fact that it's so universal across all these different supposed boundaries suggests to me a common origin behind all of these different uh, nations. Anyway, we'll get to that. I'll put that in my notes here. I wanted to talk about Day of the Sun, among other things. Does everyone here, in, does everyone listening in the world realize that Easter is based on the full moon? I, I was talking to a couple of local people in my house, and they weren't quite aware that Easter is celebrated on the full moon. I believe, I can't remember the exact full moon that they align it with is it the fourth of the year but that pretty much is how they celebrate easter and you can't help but wonder as you were saying 
how a lot of these religions definitely align with the celestial objects in the sky. Yeah, Easter is always the first Sunday following the first full moon after the spring equinox. Okay. And right. th- this is this is like clockwork. And then I'm like, wait, same thing goes for these other supposed religions, different faiths. What like even I think this weekend there's um, all these religions are celebrating the same exact thing. And I often find interesting media psyops occurring during these major holidays oh, that yeah. often have tie-ins. That's why I look at Holy Week with interest. You know, a couple of years ago we had the Notre Dame fire, very spectacular with the tower falling. We had, before that we had, um, well, anyway, I think that was the year of the rapper Nipsey Hussle dying, who was 33 and they framed it like a, like a death of Jesus in a few different ways. So it was interesting that you had this Holy Week with these spectacular events that aligned with Holy Week. Uh, last year, it was DMX dying, if you recall, over Easter. And so there were people who were basically, um, there's, there's this trending on Twitter. They were praying for his resurrection because he was like comatose. And I'm like, are they praying for Jesus or DMX? Like, in other words, they overlap mainstream news events. Hello, everyone. Holidays. Sorry, that was just our prime minister uh, breaking into the uh, audio here. He was being criticized for not acknowledging Easter in Canada, which uh, used to be, or I'm not sure how much it is now, a Christian country. So it's it's the one religion that gets overlooked and ignored. John, is Bulgaria celebrating Easter? Is, is Bulgaria a, a Christian country? I think it is kind of Christian. Their main Easter celebration is next week. I think they follow the Orthodox Easter or a slightly different calendar to us. So there is an Easter today. Like if you go into a shopping mall, there's the Easter celebrations, what have you. Like small scale compared to us, but it is a thing. But I think their cultural, you know, uh, history or whatever, their Easter's more the other Easter, whatever the hell that is. I want to say Orthodox Christian. Yeah, I want to say that, but Bulgarian Orthodoxy is what it is. It's Orthodox Christianity and Islam. Okay. Wait. Okay, I'm just Well, because think at... about where Bulgaria is located. It's right next to Turkey. Like right. I could jump on a bus and be in Istanbul in like, I think it's, I think if you drive a car, it's six hours. If you catch the bus, it's a bit longer because of uh, stops oh. along the way. But yeah. I'm not that far from Istanbul, you know. So if what you're saying is that the religion in this country is some kind of Christian Islam mix, I'm like, well, it's news to me, but it wouldn't surprise me. No, I think I that. stated it wrong. It just says... Christian Orthodox Christianity is the traditional religion of the country, and it's fifty nine point five percent of your country. So definitely Easter should be up there. But you're, but maybe they are on a slightly different calendar. I think Orthodox Christianity. I I guess now we can talk about this later. But since yep. we got we took this uh, Christian thing going on now, I was hoping later in this call to get your opinion and Tim Osman's opinion. And maybe get the live stream chat conversation going as well. This question of objective morality ad, because it came up in one of the most recent johnthebond.com member discord calls. And as you know, probably anywhere from two to four times a month, we get together and the members of the website discuss whatever happens to be the topic of the day. And there's usually lots of topics. And we talk for two hours and we record it. And then we have an after call and talk about whatever. Right? It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it quite a lot. And so do many of the members. On one of the most recent member call, this question of objective morality came up and it reminded me that a lot of people, whatever topic they're discussing, whether it's media fakery or synchronicities or metascripting or whatever, like we find these topics interesting and most of us are on some kind of a similar page with those topics. 
But underneath all of that is like a fundamental philosophy or epistemology or like way of viewing the world. You know what I'm trying to say? And there are some people who seem to believe that right and wrong is some objective thing, which is cool if that's what they believe. But I want to, I want to learn more about what people believe about this. Like, is there really a right and wrong that is independent of your own subjective opinions? And if so, where does that morality come from? Like, who's enforcing it? Who, who decided that, that it would be this way? Maybe some people have a more religious than they realize. So I say we come back and talk about that later on in the show. What say you? That's heavy duty stuff. Is that philosophy? Uh, is that something you ever talk about, Tim Osman? Because I, I haven't really given Usually, it a lot of thought. I, I do, because I'm not religious. I don't fall into any of these mainstream religions, but I wouldn't consider myself to be completely agnostic because of some experiences I've had that have convinced me that there might be something you would term objective evil and that there may actually be a purpose here. Um, but this is mostly conjecture, but I have my reasons for thinking so. And it probably does inform my perspective on this, why I may frame things as an elite, some kind of controlling, uh, deceptive presence in the world. And so I'm suggesting that, yeah, maybe there's a, um, a, an element to this existence that's beyond just uh, random meat sacks just messing around, but rather what we're looking at is a very structured game for souls or some kind of uh, sentient beings. So, yeah, I'm happy to get into that as well. Jeff Berwick of the Dollar Vigilante just thinks this is a giant video game and he just he frames everything that goes on as we're having a video game within a video game. Is that ever come into your discussion, John LeBon? Well, I would love to answer your question. I'm almost finished my belated dinner. So give okay. me 10 minutes and I'll be back and I can talk about whatever you want, including this highly contentious issue, morality. Is it mm. objective or not? Well, I'm telling you, some people, maybe some people, they might benefit out from questioning their fundamental premises. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is right and wrong? If, if some people come along and they tell the world, hey, everybody, there's this invisible body-possessing demon on the loose, and you need to stay home, you need to isolate from each other, can't go and see grandma. If she dies, can't go to a funeral, limit of four people, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. If they come on the TV and they say this, and the social media influences and celebrities like Tom Hanks with his Corona typewriter, they come along and they say, oh, I've got the virus and I'm isolating and, you know, all the idiot followers do as they, as their leaders do. If you say, oh, that's wrong, it's fundamentally wrong to uh, fool the masses, I'm like, that's cool. Why? Oh, it just is. Yeah, but just why though? It just is. Okay, so is there actually a reason or it's it just is? Because if you're like, no, it just is, I'm like, okay, so that's an objective thing to you. It just is like uh, like nature, like water will fall and uh, hot air will rise and it is wrong to fool the masses even though they're a bunch of idiots, right? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. Like what is wrong, Ab? But I'll be back in 10 minutes or five minutes even. I'm just All right, you finish my, your lunch. You know, I rushed my lunch to get here at 2 o'clock, but that's fine. Go ahead. We got Tim Husband who always has tons to say. And and Tim, just plug, and John the Bond can when he comes back as well, just plug your site and let everyone know what you do all the time because I'm a big fan of yours and I listen to most of your stuff. Uh, I go, I have so many people in my repertoire. Sometimes I get on kicks where, for instance, I'll listen to a 15-hour show on revisionist history and I have to finish that. So I don't always keep up with you, I have to admit. But every time I come back, every show is very interesting. And it, there are always topics I like to hear about. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. And you know, as well as anybody listening for the most part, that um, our channel, Infinite Plane Radio, is constantly being scrubbed from YouTube. So I'm very reliant on my newsletters and my text alerts to get everyone on the same sheet because we pretty much, it's just a joke at this point that YouTube thinks they can uh, marginalize and scrub us when we just return. I think 125 YouTube channels later, we're still here. So if you want to find us or find Infinite Plane Radio, you just have to go to infiniteplanesociety.com and join the newsletter. I can't stress that enough because the newsletter has been consistent over the years and nothing else has. But so um, that would be the, the main thing I want to make make clear is that you're not going to find me by searching on YouTube. That's just not going to work. It's supposedly a great search engine or it's a major search engine, YouTube, but it's just so um, biased against anybody like my site that you're not going to find Infinite Plane Radio content. You'll find hit pieces more likely than anything. But anyway, um, aside from that, yes, um, if you want to catch up on us also, the podcasts. So iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon, podcasting platforms carry Infinite Plane Radio as well. And I have maintained, as you've been listening, um, this format of open phones, open chat, because we're constantly fielding more information from all of the observers out there. And that's one of the things I like to do on this channel is uh, stay current, but also have as many sources as I can. Because there's no way you could come up with a cohesive view of any one of these major world events without eyes and ears everywhere. And so, for example, this, uh, I don't know if you followed the latest ridiculous drama with Will Smith and Chris Rock, but as trivial as that is, it presented a perfect litmus test to see who's paying attention and who automatically believes everything that they see on TV. Mm-hmm. And you know, I thought there were people who were even emotionally defending it as real. No, no way it could be staged. And I'm like, wait, if that doesn't pass, if, if that doesn't set off a red flag, or if you can't admit to yourself that at least it's fakeable, then as far as I'm concerned, you're, you're a willing and complicit brainwashy. And to what John LeVon was saying about, is it wrong? Is it objectively wrong to deceive people? You know, I'd say maybe it's unethical, but we're talking about volition here. Uh, The people who believe these things and who go with whatever the TV screen presents them, uh, if they're doing it volitionally, is it wrong for them to be duped? I don't know. You know, people go to movies and they they have emotional experiences. They cry. Uh, they, They connect with these things, even though it's just purely vicarious. So there's an element here of, they're participating in the drama. So is it wrong or is it just a form of entertainment? And so um, that that's uh, something I want to get into. You know, this topic of the people being deceived, these lemmings, NPCs, are they, can we blame the victim here? And I'm suggesting that, yeah, uh, for the most part, if you can't see through that slap, if it doesn't raise any red flags, you're just completely media illiterate and you're a true believer and a lost cause. You're a brainwashy. InfinitePlaneSociety.com and that will link to another site which you don't have to remember the name of because that'll just redirect and on there you've got your member discord you've got a blog donations you've got a forum as well that you can click on so you have a very similar setup as I do on my sort of multi uh, multi-platform setup and, and the latest YouTube and you can also I get all your messages from Patreon because you send out show alerts through Patreon so people can join up on Patreon and, and Patreon get those alerts so as well. People can join up on Patreon. 
I think I just accidentally uh, started up your website to get my name or to get my audio through. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And what I've done there is I've made it really simple on the site. So when you go there, it has a 24-7 live feed for audio, for video, and then all the sign-up buttons. And so that's that's pretty much it. I keep it very minimalistic, and I rely heavily, like I said, on the, the newsletters to maintain a, a continuity here. Excellent. Okay, so that's... And, and same, with, same with me. My YouTube channel has no content on it because it gets struck down quite quickly. But I do stream live on YouTube because too many people are stuck on that paradigm, which is fine. But I am also on Twitter, Twitch, DLive, and FacoTube as well, which is my own platform, which has its own chat as well. So people can find me over there as well. And I'm just going to fire up my chat. My chat's not integrated, unfortunately, with the restream, so I have to open it up separately. All right. Another thing I'm looking forward to, kind of on a related note, because I'm always talking about movies and how the big productions tend to mirror what's going on in the in the news and on the world stage. And I'm going to be watching the new Batman movie today. Ah. I'll do a review of it because the the Joker movie, as I've been discussing since it came out, really predicted and preceded everything that we saw yeah. rolling out in 2020. And so I was suggesting that Batman is going to have a similar mm. kind of mirroring, only as Joker represents the chaos, the left, the communist revolution, the Batman would represent the right. And right on cue, oh, as wow. of 3-4, there's been an uptick on right-wing instigation, organization, and threats and violence being uh, threatened or planned. So that's what I'm looking forward to, the Batman movie. Have you taken a look at it yet? No, no. I, I saw the Joker because my daughter was a huge Joker fan, so she got me into that. And I found it very dark and depressing and distressing all at once. And I, th I guess the thought that went through my mind was, sure hope that doesn't happen in, in reality. <laughs> and as you said, it was used as preconditioning to try and ferment and, and, and bring, that, bring that on. So I I, yep. I don't even know what Batman we're up to. I, I've I've maybe watched a couple of Batman. So this is Batman number ten or so in the in the series, or or it's, or what are we looking at here? Because I I don't keep up to date as well. Yeah, they're, so the, as far as I can tell, they're not really all that sequential. But oh, okay, I mean this is all just to me. This is like idol worship. When you but Batman and Joker, these characters are so um, prominent in our in our entertainment, but they also blend with all the psyops. And it's also worth noting that Batman's great grandfather founded the skull and bones society. Have mm. you come across that clip before? Is that in the Batman TV show or just in the comic or is that in all put in all the movies? It's well, it's mentioned in the Batman TV show. Okay. And his, and so his grandfather's relationship to Yale being a founding member of the skull and bones. So it's just an I interesting piece that. of lore. Yeah. I but, remember you know, that. It seems to tie into the rest here, but, but, you know, as you said, the Joker was very depressing. And if you remember, there's one scene where he's passed out on the ground and there's a newspaper that says, kill the rich. So it, it really, from the beginning, has been this communist thing with the mask and the, the revolt. But so, yeah, again, I'm thinking here, this Batman movie, this new one is just another thing to prepare us for another round of psyops. The only thing that stands out as different from this one is I think it's a younger Batman. 
but I'll do a full review after I've watched it. I'll play the clip I found it here. I'm sure you played it as well on your show. Good idea, this rehearsal. The ladies, such worthy causes. I personally favor Miss uh, Natural Resources. I'd like to make her my own personal charity. All are worthy. Now you can say that again. And that is Bruce Wayne's grandfather, Mrs. Cooper? His great-grandfather. I understand he was tapped for skull and bones. Tapped for it? Sir, he founded skull and bones. Uh, can I this? Oh, no, thank you. I have to watch my figure. I quite understand. Wow. All right. So that's episode... 33, episode 33, came out in 1966, Fine Finny Friends. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> now, here's two tie-ins for you. Okay. So the new Batman comes out on 3-4, and on that day, they reinstate the death penalty for the Boston Bomber, also known as Joker. What's more, the new movie has a Riddler character who is kind of more or less the basis for the subway shooter that we just had, mm-hmm. the Boston bombing light. So there's this correlation between the Riddler, this internet radical in the Batman movie, and the prophet of doom, Frank James. And the timing, 3-4, and the death penalty reinstatement, no coincidences there, in my opinion. Yeah, you tie things together way better than anyone. Do you do, you do all this research yourself, or is are you pulling it from your Discord? Do you have a lot of think tank members that really feed you this information and you collate it and present it. Yeah, that's a big part of it. So I was bringing up the the think tanks because I've got almost 500 people on our Discord server. And when we hone in on a lead, you have a lot of people who are looking in all directions. And so, yeah, a few few key people stand out. But yeah, there's definitely a collective here. Uh, researching and aggregating all this information because one person could not do it all. I would look crazy. I would have the big board on the wall with the strings connecting all the papers. I'd be the crazy conspiracy guy meme without all these people helping. Yeah, it's it's an it's an awesome task. Okay, John Lebon is back. He says he's good to go. He's finished his lunch, and we've got a great uh, lineup in the chat. We've got the regulars. We got Dirty Benny, and Dirty Benny is a great presenter in the Fakeologist forums which I encourage, and he is a supporter, a donor at fakeologist.com. So thank you, Dirty Benny. We've got Tunax in the chat. We've got Armin Rigg in the chat. I believe he was on your show. I didn't see that show or listen to that show yet, but I believe he came on your show, uh, IPS. I don't know if he's been on John LeBond's show, but he's he gives everyone here a shout-out and appreciates everyone's work, so I thank you. John Levon, as uh, you're back. Yeah, I'm back and uh, looking forward to what should be a wonderful show. Definitely. Should be good. So we're just streaming on fakeologist.com live, aren't we? There's no YouTube version of this at the moment, is there? Well, we're on Fakeologist's YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, DLive, and Fakeotube. So we're we're everywhere. I don't know, Tim Osmond, are you integrated into this? Yeah. yeah. yeah in fact, I, just, I turned it on also at at the 24-7 um, audio stream. So anybody listening on my 24-7 stream will, will catch the audio. But I also put a link to fakeologist.com uh, slash live. And right. I think a few people will be um, jumping ship and going over there 
and I'll post the link periodically. So anybody listening, if you want to go to fakeologist.com slash live and just subscribe there. So yeah, just even click after any today, of the links they there, might. Yeah. Cool. So before we get into the heavy stuff, let's start off with some light stuff, some fun stuff. Have okay. you guys heard this theory, the dead internet theory? And if you have heard of it, like what does it mean to you? Do you like what's your conceptualization of the idea that's being presented? The dead internet theory. Never, not me. Didn't haven't heard a word on that. Why don't you explain it? I've heard it, um, you know, but I, I didn't dig too deep into it. The idea that the whole internet's all fake. Um, do you want to go ahead and elaborate? Yeah, so I don't pretend to know it too well either, but I saw some people posted some videos to it a few months ago on the JLB server. And so I watched part of, I probably watched the first video in like 2x speed, just trying to race through it. Here's what I think is their basic is what's basically being presented. So if I misrepresent it in any way, that's an accident. But I think this is pretty much what they're trying to suggest. If you go and Google search right now, for argument's sake, alternative medicine, this is just one example. It will say that it gets tens of millions or hundreds of millions or billions of results, whatever their story is. But if you click to page two, page three, just keep clicking through next page, next page. Eventually, you run out of pages. There are no more pages. Now, depending on the, the term or the key phrase you search, Maybe they're going to show you a few hundred results, maybe. Maybe a couple of thousand tops. But the examples that I've seen, it was it was capping out at like a few pages. Like there, there really aren't that many results. Now, most people, including me actually, when we Google search something, we'll go with the first link by the first result or we'll scroll down till we see something that looks like we're looking for. So we might Google something. The first result we can tell is an ad or a thinly veiled uh, product that they paid for. But you get, we've all gotten good. Most of us have gotten really good without even noticing how good we've got. And just scrolling through the result we want and then clicking that. It's almost always on the first page. Very, very few people are clicking through until they find, uh, like they're not clicking through 10 or 20, 50 results, most people. And it turns out if you try for a lot of key terms, possibly all of them, I don't know, there really aren't millions of results. <laughs> there aren't even thousands of results. There's like a couple hundred results. So where's the rest of the internet? And then when you start looking at, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Fakeologist or with uh, Tim Osman, like the Infinite Plan Society website. If you guys check your analytics, how many results are coming to you from Google? Because with JohnLeBond.com, there's almost none. There's almost n- like I don't get results from Google. And, and by the way, I'm not complaining about that. That's It's always been that way. I'm just pointing out, even if you have the only content on a certain topic or some of the only content on it, you're not going to, that doesn't mean you're going to turn up at the top of Google. You will essentially be dead to Google for whatever reason. So if someone goes to Yandex or to DuckDuckGo, they'll get to my website. And I'm like, like JohnLeBond.com is like a top result on a few uh, key search terms on DuckDuckGo, but almost nobody uses that. Google, which most of us use, almost all of us use that. A lot of websites, pretty much including mine and probably yours as well, I would guess, they're effectively uh, already invisible. And, and so that's one part of it. The next part is all of the users. So my YouTube channel, this is one example, has 4,000 subscribers. If I upload a video to a live stream, it's going to get maybe 500 views, maybe a 1,000, right? Where, where are the other thousands of subscribers? A lot of them, the theory, they're just bots. Same with Reddit, like subreddits. Same with different uh, websites like followers, like the Twitter followers. A lot of these followers, subscribers, whatever, they're not real. And that's obviously the case. And so what I think this dead internet theory is getting at is this idea of we think there's all this activity out there, all this action out there, but in, but in reality, there's not that many active users and the active users there are, are all being funneled to the same small number of websites. 
the internet as we conceive of it isn't really alive. I think that's the dead internet theory. And if I've misrepresented any of it in any way, then obviously that's uh, not my intention. But I think that's where people are going with this. And I have to say, and I want your opinions on this, and the listeners as well, give us your thoughts in the live stream, whatever. Like, do you, do you, have you heard of this theory? And does it make sense to you? Because it makes perfect sense to me. And it would explain, Ab, because you're often saying, why aren't there more people doing this? Why aren't there more people doing what Tim Osman's doing? Why aren't there more people doing what I'm doing here at uh, fakeologist.com and, you know, archiving all of this stuff? Why aren't there more? Maybe because there just aren't that many people on the internet. And of course, that would feed in well to the theory that the world population is in fact a hoax. Nobody died, nobody got hurt. Because the official story is that there's almost 8 billion people on Earth. And when I was a kid, the official story was it was 6 billion. And I'm not even that old. So this story is just getting, it's, it's just gone haywire. It's like a, it's like a pushing a rock down a hill or something, man. It's gone nuts. It's a crazy story. It's getting crazier. How many people they claim are on earth? Okay. A lot of those people are supposedly in countries that don't speak English. So you wouldn't expect to see them in English speaking websites. Fair enough. But where are those people? Like how much internet is in those, in those countries? Cause it seems that in the English speaking Western world, there really aren't that many people and there really aren't that many websites that are still active. So I hope that that five minute or 10 minute uh, overview or summation is uh, enough like for you guys it. to, does it, does it make sense to you? Like Tell me what you think about it. I've that. never heard of it. I like it. I just pulled it up. Unfortunately, the first search result was the Atlantic. And by the way, I'm using presearch.org. I try to stay away from Google and many of, I think the number one, a search engine that comes to fakeologists, as far as I can tell, is DuckDuckGo. But, and Google is now number two all, almost all the time. But it is, it is a good theory and it kind of, and I don't know if it's fake or not. I don't know if the CIA is promulgating it. Like, for instance, maybe Tim Osman can speak on it in a minute. Uh, maybe it's similar to the Mandela effect, which I have no interest in. And I, I take Tim's view on it, by the way. I tend to agree with Tim on pretty much the whole thing if I had to make a decision. But I, I've always said that most people, especially people that are new to the internet, and I've been here uh, before the internet, pre-internet, I've been the, from the BBS days, from the 1980s. So I've seen the whole thing grow up. And I do agree to an extent that new people, young people, millennials even, they don't use the internet properly. They but So they've been corralled into a set of apps, into certain websites, Facebook, Instagram, whatever the hottest ones are, TikTok right now. And they're missing the point on the internet for sure. And if you if you call those users that just are on TikTok all day and mindlessly scrolling through the videos that come so quickly and so fast, it's it, you can't even stop them. I think it's I think it's designed not to stop, so you don't even get a chance to catch your breath or or realize where you are. Uh, I think they've done an amazing job, big tech corralling people onto certain sites and giving them the impression that that's the internet and there's nothing else to do on the internet and. I agree, just looking quickly at this article, that there could be a lot of AI, a ton of AI, a ton of bots, or and, and an AI has a person behind it, presumably. Maybe one person controlling 500 accounts that start arguing with each other, that kind of thing. And the only way to prove that we have a real person on the other end of the of the avatar is to hear their voice. And on the Discord server that we use on Fakeologist, which goes hot and cold lots, we insist on hearing a voice. Maybe for that one reason where we want to make sure we're not talking to a bot or someone behind 500 different entities 
that might come to a site and, and start to disrupt it and blow it apart by fighting with each other. So I think there's something to it. I think uh, there's not enough people using the internet as it's supposed to be used. And because they don't understand the internet and they get corralled on a certain sites, it really diminishes or eliminates the potential to really crowdsource information and share information. That's why I like talking to you guys because I know you're real and I know you guys have people listening to you and there should be a hundred of you guys out there right now. So this is a good possible explanation as to why. Yeah, I would say this dead internet theory probably feels right because it echoes the dead uh, world, the NPC-filled world where where are the people who are actually paying attention who are agitated who are who are intelligent enough to see the psyops why are people just going lockstep so i often wonder i mean even before this dead internet thing people would ask you know um, how many people out there are just vacant but um yeah to me when i first heard this i thought i discarded it because i thought this sounds like a mandela effect explanation something that feels right but it shouldn't even be on the table as the possibility that you would reach to However, we do live in a kind of a weird time with everything where we're constantly being gaslit. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if most of the people we see on the internet aren't real. And if the real people are shadow banned, like that's what I get. Like you search for infinite plane society, infinite plane radio. I know you're not going to find me. Um, I know that there's active suppression. And I, I know that it's mostly, I think though, it's ideological and it's just top down censorship. So my go-to response would be, it's probably more likely gaslighting and the replacement of organic thoughts with curated AI bots, astroturfing, more or less, more than possibly the internet being, quote, dead. But I can see why people would reach for that. Yeah, I, this is new to me, so this has not reached the fakeologist uh, discussion point, but it is, uh, it's... This is why we like uh, collaborating because this is definitely something that's interesting to me to look into. But I think it has a lot to do with just the corralling of people into areas of the internet just to grab their energy and their resources and keep them from looking the other way. I think so many of the psyops in our world are to keep us from looking into what's important. But when they keep us titillated and entertained by the latest phony ice capstone event, integrated uh, drills, they they really take our energy. And the older you get, the more you realize you're running out of time. You can't keep this effort up full time because you do have a finite time on this planet. And if they can keep you distracted and and going the wrong direction, then they've done their job because there's probably so much to this earth and either on this earth or wherever the extremities of this earth are for us to discover. And if we're just wasting time in their little corrals, their paddocks, then they don't have to worry about losing control. And I think we are definitely always under control. But doesn't it seem like they could make us believe there were 8 billion people in the world using internet bots and just these, these, uh, false appearances and most people uh, i think are integrated so much that the internet is their 
interface with the world. And the yeah. more that becomes true, the less like the lockdowns kind of showed how this is going to work. I think in the future, yeah. Yeah. lockdown culture is a thing for the environment, for the for the COVID, for the space junk, probably eventually. And the more that becomes the case, the more the the reality that we live in is going to be the one that they program into us, and will have nothing to do with what's outside of our front door. If you can get out of your front door, if you believe the stories out of Shanghai, they can't get out of their front door. They're just allowed to open the door to let the parcel that's dropped off in. That's it. And that's I. If that's really happening, it's. I think it's a beta test to see the level of compliance. Yeah, exactly. And what John brought up with this dead internet theory, if you go on the internet and you say, hey, this doesn't feel right, and you have a million voices calling you irresponsible, dangerous, crazy, a threat to society, a super spreader, it's going to have an effect on most people. So, you know, I, I think there might be something to this dead internet, and it may not be necessarily um, anything mystical necessarily, but it could be nefarious manipulation, gaslighting, and like I said, astroturfing, uh, creating a false consensus for the purpose of cajoling the free thinkers. Is this dead internet theory, did it start John LeBon in 2021? Because that seems to be the date on a lot of these search results right now. Well, I don't know when it started. And I didn't know until you showed that article a few minutes ago on your screen that this was being called a conspiracy theory. So for those who are listening to this rather than watching, Ab brought up this article from The Atlantic. And it said something like, there's a theory that the internet is dead and it's completely crazy or something like that. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know the mainstream media was calling this a crazy conspiracy theory. That just makes me want to go and spend more time looking into it. Yeah, anytime they're talking about it, then you should be worried about it. When the top search result on pre-search is theatlantic.com, which I don't particularly like, and it's the top on Google as well. Then yes, you, top and it says, the dead internet theory is wrong but feels true. So even in the headline of the first result, if you Google dead internet theory, dead internet theory in the headline, it says, it feels true, but it's wrong. Now, that right there, that's probably a, a hint that this is worth looking into further, I would think. One of the Sounds reasons- like gaslighting. Like, wow. like yeah. guys, it, feel, okay, it feels right, like this whole place is dead, and it feels like there's no real people, and we're just telling you what to believe. It feels true, but it's not. Click on this link, and we'll tell you more, right? One of the reasons- They couldn't like- be more blatant about that. Yeah. One of the reasons I like. I mean, how much more, uh, maybe yeah. they could. How much more blatant could they be? The top result, if you Google dead internet theory, at least when Ab does it, yeah. it's telling you that it feels true, but it's not. How much more blatant could they be? Give me a more blatant headline than that. It seems totally true to you. Let us convince you that it's not true. Maybe that would be slightly more blatant, but it would take up too much copy it ha- space. It hasn't so made just, Wikipedia it feels true, yet, but it's wrong. Not on Wikipedia what about- yet. Don't trust your senses. Trust our headlines. Uh, exactly. Don't acknowledge yep. what you feel. Go with what we tell you. Very Ministry of Love, um, 1984 gaslighting there, where they're telling you, disregard your own perceptions and replace it with ours. 100%. So what are you doing now, Ab? You've got your Twitter account well, going. What, what I'm doing you've got, is... I you've want- got a message. I wonder who you got the message from. No, I, I use pre-search and I have a bunch of uh, extra search buttons on the left side, if you can see here. Oh, I've got um, mm-hmm. BitChute, I've got FacoTube, I've got Rumble, Yandex, Everpedia, Wikipedia. 
I just wanted to show people once you once you type something into pre-search, if you don't like its results, you can grab some mainstream results at the touch of a button. So I'm just I'm just showing people how I do my searches now. So I always start off away from Google, and if I don't like these results, then you can just press a button over here. So it's just a search engine that I've been using for a couple of weeks, and I recommend it right now. But uh, we can continue talking about this, or we can move to something else. I think if we keep moving topics, uh, the audience will be more... Yeah, 100%. Just one final thing on this, though. So this ties into it. I look at the scene, the the so-called truth scene, when I got here back in 2014, right? I started yeah. paying attention to it 2013, started podcasting 2014. I look at the audience today, so far as I can see it, and I compare it to the audience six, seven years ago. And it seems to me, and maybe this is just my, but my, my personal biases or my projections or my filters, I could be wrong about this. This is how it seems to me. The audience now is no bigger than it was five, six, seven years ago. If anything, it kind of feels like it's shrunk a little bit. Uh-huh. Now, a lot of people keep repeating the mantra that, oh, people are waking up. More and more people are starting to get it. Like, that's a mantra that's just repeated all the time in this scene. And for a lot of people, if they've heard the mantra, if they've repeated the mantra, it's just true. There's no discussion. It's just a true thing to them. But to me, it's like, actually, I, I look at the metrics available to me and I look at what I can observe. No, I think the scene has shrunk. I think there's less people now having these kinds of conversations. And by these, I just mean the TV line to us. I honestly think there's less now than there was five, six, seven years ago. Tell me I'm wrong. I could be wrong about this. People are waking up as a mantra. I think people see marches and they see mass gatherings and they think that there's some kind of groundswell. And, you know, I I hear that phrase, people are waking up and I don't hear anything positive about it because what I'm hearing is collectivism. Some mob is being agitated, but are individuals waking up? I don't think so. And I don't think there's been a lot of progress. I look at YouTube channels who have been following the fake news over the years, and I don't often see improvements in methodology. Oftentimes, it's they have the what I call the guardrails. They have the conspiracies that conspiracy theories that go against the mainstream, but don't go far enough to call something fake. And if they don't go that far, they're still being corralled. And so, outside of uh, JohnLeBond.com and Fakeologist and maybe half a dozen others I could name as far as channels go. I don't find a lot of think tanks that start off with the premise that we're being deep faked at every level. And that's not the norm. That's not the norm in conspiracy conjecture or commentary. Most so-called conspiracy theorists who are chanting this mantra about people are waking up are on um, on a different page. And I don't think there's any sort of progress. And you're probably right. It has to be shrinking because our platforms are constantly being restricted and they're preventing any sort of organic uh, growth. It's all astroturfed. It's all this dead internet replacing real conversations and real interactions. Yeah, and there's another part to it, which is the demographics. So I don't know how much access you guys have to demographic information, but YouTube is pretty detailed with the analytics that they give you access to. And my demographics are basically most of my listeners are 35 to 44 or 36 to 45 like that, whatever the the age bracket is. That's the largest listenership. And of course, it's mostly male as well, which is that's neither here nor there. The issue is the age of people. I'm putting to you that this scene, the average age of people in this scene has gone up a few years in the last five years, as in the people who are here are still here. We're getting older. There aren't that many young people coming through. And here's my and if that's the case. Here's one of my hypotheses as to the potential reason. 
because the kids today are getting more radiated in the womb. They're getting fed more soy milk formula, which is just basically uh, epsilon formula. They're getting more indoctrination at school and from TV and social media. They don't even learn to socialize at dinner anymore. They're given tablets and smartphones. There are all these factors that are going to make it more and more difficult for the average little human to have any chance of growing up to think for itself in any meaningful way. So what I'm suggesting is we're going to see less and less young people come through. There will be some. They will be exceptional. They'll almost be like, have you seen that movie? What's it called? Um, Something Men. It's the British film. Something Men. It's the one where they have to protect a little baby. She's the last like baby that's been born. The first oh, human birth. Children of men, that's the one. Yeah. And so if we have any uh, young people come through who can think for themselves, they'll almost be like the baby in Children of Men. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe. Like, we thought there were no more of you guys coming. It's great to see more of you here. Like, this is a, this is fantastic. They'll be coveted like uh, children from God. And in a way, they will, they almost will be like children from God or from the cosmos. They'll, they'll be, I mean, think about how many hurdles a person has to jump, like a guy your age, Ab, to work anything out. There's even more hurdles for people my age. We were more brainwashed than you guys were. Yeah. Think how exceptional someone will have to be to to realize that this is all bullcrap. School's bullcrap, for instance. TV's bullcrap. It's going to be, they're going to be fewer and further between is what I'm suggesting. Now, I could be wrong, okay? I could be wrong about this. I want your thoughts and I want the thoughts of the listeners and the viewers and all the people out there. Let me know what you think. Really, I'm just trying to get people to like to think about these things and to talk about them and get to the bottom of it because from my perspective, it's very clear what's happening. But I could be wrong, so I want other people's opinions. I think Tim Osmond has talked about children of men many times on past shows. Have you not, Tim? Well, I've been talking about Utopia, uh, which has a similar theme about this uh, depopulation. I haven't seen Children of Men, okay. but uh, yeah, this this is an interesting notion here. Um, I know I don't think necessarily that it's because of brain, um, soy or um, or any kind of physical. Yeah. alteration. I think the reason why people are going to be more and more corralled into the program is um, they're not having access to the information. I think they're just being mentally corralled. Because I can, from experience, I didn't see through the fake news until you know post Sandy Hook. I mean, I knew there were agendas. I had a lot of ideas about what was really going on behind the scenes, but I didn't know the extent of the fakery because I had not been exposed to that level of information. And I think that's a, a key point here is that there's a paradigm shift that's required. And it's not really about um, brain damage so much as, like I said, overcoming this guardrail that steers you back onto the mainstream. And I think this goes for a lot of people. So this is why there's such a desperate effort to really stop what the, ma- the media treats as an infodemic. They don't like conspiracy theories or even questions or potent memes with countercultural ideas that go against the mainstream because I think, yeah, they don't want people to come to their own conclusions and wake themselves up, so to speak. Yeah, I I like, that's a constant thing that you talk about, the infodemic. Do you think that COVID-AIDS was really brought on mainly, well, I I believe it's to cull a good portion of the population, Uh, but also I think you were saying that you thought there was quite an infodemic where maybe information was getting through and there was a level of collaboration developing thanks to the the internet and they needed to bring in a a large section or selection of controls into the internet maybe to prevent people like us from just collaborating and and spreading our dangerous thoughts absolutely because they put such a schism that now every person who has been 
conditioned to think that, quote, anti-vaxxers are the devil. Well, now they're never going to come across any of your other media analysis if they broad brush you as one of them. So I think the the pandemic was used, I think, more or less. And I think this is even even before the pandemic. There were there were talks about the toxic misinformation, bad virility. And I said back then, why are they using the language you'd use to describe an epidemic? to describe conspiracy theories. And now I know why. I think ultimately this was the thing. It's about thought control and the control over mind viruses and the super spreaders of mind viruses. And I think that uh, there's also a parallel here to contact tracing and the way that they traced radical Islamic terrorists. You know, where do they get these radical verses from? Which cleric, which mosque? And if they can trace it to the source of the ground zero, they can stop that super spreader. So I think this has been a long-term agenda, and it's always been about controlling information, mind viruses. Yes, for sure. Should we talk? Now, are they going to? Now that mm-hmm. you mentioned the killing, the really sorry to interrupt you, but the no? calling thing. Okay. I I yeah. don't think that they want to kill people off. I, I think if anything, they want us to believe that there's too many of us. They want us to um, adopt this lockdown lifestyle, but I think they need us as batteries and taxpayers. I think we're property in a sense. I don't think they want to kill us off, but that's my opinion. Do they need us as in people living in, like people who are already established living in the US or Canada or Australia, as the case might be for us three, and many listeners in England and other parts of the world as well. Do they need us or can they just import people from other countries? Like the the infrastructure is is already uh, established in, in the, the countries that we grew up in. So now... If if the younger existing Western people just have less children, hey, not a problem because there's millions of people from different countries more than happy to come to the lands of opportunity. Do that. So my point is, do you do they really need uh, the the existing people to have more children? Do they really need that, or can they just import them from other countries? Because they're already doing the import them from other countries thing. Like they're already doing that, yeah. and they're already justifying it on people not having enough children. So if it turned out that these jibby jabs, hypothetically, possibly, some people say, might have an effect on fertility. Let's just say that that is the case. That's not a problem for the people who run the show because it just gives them an, even more of an excuse to import more people from other countries. Sorry, guys, we had to because you just went not make enough babies. It's your fault. It's your fault we're importing all these people. Yeah, you didn't have sure. enough babies. And that's part of that's the and last it, part of free trade that that they really wanted to open up, the mobility of people, the free flow of people they've already got the goods and services flowing quite freely with all their trade agreements but the one thing that's blocking uh, the the complete wide open nature of the world where they can allocate resources anywhere they want and the biggest resource is people it are countries so if they dissolve countries and borders and states and counties Counties are already in really invisible lines in the United States. There's over 3,000 counties. Nobody really pays any attention to when they cross a county line in the United States. Little, little more noticeable when you cross into another state. But they want to, they want to dissolve all these lines, including between countries, so they can reallocate a human resources, which is what we're called, of course. Officially, we are human resources and they want to allocate them all over the place. So for sure, John, whatever, Whatever physical or mental way they they facilitate that, I think for sure that is an end game. There's no doubt in my mind. Are they like I'm not disagreeing with you? Are they 
uh, dissolving borders, or is it actually more difficult now for certain people to travel than it used to be? So, for instance, in the before times, that is prior to 3-11-2020, prior to Tedros and his characterization of a pandemic, it was really easy to travel and in a lot of countries to get like ongoing one-year visas or two-year visas. It was, it was really easy to, much easier now than now anyhow, to, for Westerners to go and live in other countries. That seems to have been brought to an end. However, if they continue to import people from the so-called third world into Western countries, that's, that's on the borders getting invisible. That's them becoming one-way valves. Do you know what I mean? So what I'm suggesting here is that your uh, likeness, the way that you liken what's happening to an invisible border, I'm saying that that's kind of true. It doesn't really explain the whole thing. It's more of a one-way mirror. It's more of a one-way valve, you know what I'm trying to say. That's what seems to have happened to me over the last couple of years. I'm just bringing up a, a meme that you linked in the... In the yeah, so what I said to you before was that your generation was pretty brainwashed and pretty, uh, you know, you were heavily affected by the propaganda. My generation, even more than yours, the kids today, goodness gracious me, they've, I say they've got almost no chance. So on the screen for the viewers, here is a meme that I found on a some kind of uh, Mongolian basket living forum or something. Somebody posted this meme. Now, for listeners, it is a picture of Yoda but Yoda has, for some reason, crazy blue hair, thick black glasses, and pink lipstick. It says above Yoda's head, child, as in a child is talking to this uh, blue-haired teacher Yoda, it says, I'm not confused about my gender in any way. Public school teacher is the Yoda with the blue hair, the black, uh, thick glasses, and the purple makeup. And teacher Yoda says, you will be, as in you will be confused about your gender soon. It works as a meme, not so much when it's explained the way that I just yeah. explained it. But the point here... Uh, Ab, the fakeologist. If you think about what the kids are being taught in school today, which is even more ridiculous than what we were taught when I was a kid, why would anybody assume that any of these kids have any chance of ever thinking for themselves in any capacity in a critical way? Why? Why? And the only answer I get from people is, oh, well, I used to not understand what was going on, and now I do understand. Yeah, okay, great. Mm -hmm. You didn't go through the brainwashing the kids are going through now. No, none of us did. Like, it, it's gotten significantly worse. Significantly worse. And it gets worse with every passing year. So why would we assume that any of these kids have any chance of ever thinking for themselves? And we didn't have smartphones, okay? This hive mind that the smartphone creates, we didn't have that. The kids now do. They're always connected to the hive mind. They can't even walk to the shops. Like, let's just go and buy some uh, lollies at the at the milk bar or whatever you guys call your version. Of milk. They, they don't have that. They've got no independence from the hive at all. So... The, okay, I'm hooked on the hive mind now. I've got my smartphone with most of the time. Fine. At least I remember a time. And at least when I was a kid, if I was riding my bike, my uh, bicycle home from school, I was all alone. I was never getting that short, that relatively short trip by myself. That never happens anymore. The kids are always connected to the hive mind. There's no reason for them to ever think by themselves, thoughts alone. And sometimes I wonder how many people have really thought through this. Because to me, it's obvious what happens from here. And what happens from here is no great awakening. There's no joining of people who can think to the so-called truth scene or the whatever. No, 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 no. All that happens from here is our numbers dwindle. They dwindle with every passing year and new people coming along get fewer and fewer. And the existing people get older and older and we will die off. Yeah. And eventually we will be forgotten like tears in the rain. We will That's what's going to happen. written out of history. Uh, Armin really so. says about the borders, like any concept to be desired, an antithesis of it must be enforced. If borders become a hassle, 
people will want them to disappear, which will be presented as a choice with a price. That's that's very good. Well, that's his prediction, but what's that based on? Like, what, where is this idea that borders are disappearing come from? When, like, who, which borders have disappeared so far for us? Oh, not yet. I can't think not of Not yet. I, I'm talking about the long-term plans from what I've read and what I've heard. Just the, the, the redrawn maps of the world of mega cities and mega regions. That's yeah, like, like, what are the predictions based on, though? Like, what, like, when, when will an American be allowed to travel to England without a passport? I don't think that's ever going to happen. <laughs> if anything, you know what happened in Australia during this so-called pandemic? It became that you needed to get approval to travel interstate. Right. Now, Australia only has six states. And so suppose you want to go from Melbourne to Sydney. You have to go from Victoria. Melbourne is in Victoria. Sydney is in New South Wales. So you've got to cross over the state border. Yeah. Guess what? Queensland especially made it almost uh, like from a practical or a logistical perspective, uh, almost impossible to do that for certain periods during the so-called pandemic. So we're not seeing less borders or uh, less border uh, enforcement, at least in the Australian context. We're seeing more borders. You could, and the thing, like the so-called constitution, according to the so-called constitution, this is not supposed to happen. The whole point of the, well, one of the main points of the federation of the states was that now we are one country, we're one nation with free borders. You can't stop people from uh, trading with each other. A New South Welshman can trade with a Queenslander and vice versa. They completely went against that uh, during this pandemic. The masses went along with it, didn't seem to see a problem with it. That is an example of more borders for us. So where's this idea coming from? There's going to be less borders. What's it based on? What's it based on? What's the evidence? I don't see it. Someone show me the evidence. Yeah, I know you're you're definitely evidence-based. And Armin says EU is already a dissolution of borders. Before the EU, nobody in Europe could travel another country in Europe without a passport. The EU is a dissolution. I guess the Soviet Union was as well, maybe. But yeah, it's it's not happened yet, but I'm saying it's on the maps that I see projected for 2050. Uh, Tim, do you see any of this? Yeah, you know, it's funny. You, you hear like this the astronauts talk about from up in space, we don't see any borders. We're all one. And all this one world talk about this universal uh, order with no borders necessarily as far as like distinctions, but there are walls of plenty and there's plenty of borders. And I think right now they're culturally getting people used to the idea that you ought to stay within your, the borders of your home, the lockdowns. And like I was talking about the lockdown culture, it's a thing. And this was even before Convid, you had Greta out there. Don't fly home for Christmas. The whole idea is that the world cannot tolerate humans traveling all over the face of it. And so I don't see uh, travel uh, being opened up. I, I see, if, if anything, just like they're closing down the internet and the flow of ideas, they're going to slow the flow of physical uh, uh, super spreaders of uh, people. And I, I think they want to convince us, though, to go with it just because we want to save the planet. They want us to voluntarily do it before they have to mandate it in some way. So, yeah, I think that um, we're moving towards an increasingly locked down world physically and mentally. And John LeBon brought up the new hive mind. That's a very important point. We've had hive minds. We have people hived up with religion, ideology, etc. But now you have the instantaneous hive mind, and it's their hive. It's the cult of the monolith. It's the one world's hive. It's the the one that they curate. And so that's a very important point there. And Armand says, indeed, you you 
You need only to stay within the borders if you are a thought criminal. No borders is only for the cult believers. For sure. Or the uh, or the injecting. The goo bloods. Um, now, uh, okay, so about this, this other thing, too, I want to bring up. We just passed the 42nd anniversary of the Georgia Guidestones. Oh, right. And so the Georgia Guidestones came out on 322, which is Skull and Bones Day. Oh, really? But, you know... But when they wrote the thing, they talked about the need to keep uh, man in harmony with nature and 500 million people tops. So 500 million. But it just seems like if there was some evil group that was, you know, looking at this as their long-term agenda, well, 42 years ago, they were closer to that goal, presumably, than they are right now. So I just bring that up because I, I can see this, um, this idea of, reducing the numbers but it just seems like they're moving further and further away from that goal but i don't know what, what's your take on that i i'm just looking up the georgia guidestones now I, I i thought yeah it went up on 322 1980 and they're nine they're covid 19 feet tall three feet 19 feet three inches that's their height that's those are some interesting numbers and a lot of people think Ted Turner was the one that uh, commissioned this. We have a mysterious man named R.C. Christian. And where is it? It's in Georgia, but whose property is it on? I'm just trying to see some of the history of this. But you're saying we are farther away from this magical 500 million that they think the Earth is uh, is the optimal population? Yeah, it just seems like they kind of let the the numbers increase since that thing was erected forty some years ago. But uh, yeah, yeah, Ted Turner, yeah, he's a he's an uh, someone who believes in overpopulation, mm-hmm. and you know they certainly want us to believe that it feeds into this global warming thing, which is another topic I I kind of want to touch on here. Is sure. that just as we spent the last couple of years dealing with the censorship uh, over any criticism of the medical tyranny? Now they're starting to actively, and I predicted this, they're actively censoring criticism of global warming. So even Pinterest, you can no longer go on Pinterest if you don't believe that your refusal to recycle is causing the ocean levels to rise. You have to be a global warmist. They're actually moving up the agendas. And that's why I even was talking about lockdown culture. Yeah, it started for the environment. So pandemic passes, they're still going to have reasons for you to lock down the Mm -hmm. environment. What's your take on the climate change and the uncoming censorship of any criticism of it. Well, I think many of us predicted, or we were told it was going to come, because I think a lot of our predictions are just what they tell us that they're bringing in, would be after COVID, it would easily, and they would easily dovetail that into the the climate lockdown. And uh, I think, just like John was saying, we have a younger generation that has really been indoctrinated in this way of thinking i'm middle-aged so it was never a topic when i i was young it's only been out for at least half a generation to one generation so we have a whole generation of people that really think that we should do something about saving gaia because we're killing gaia that's what the younger people believe so they're really on board with any substantial changes in lifestyle to save the planet Whereas there's the middle-aged people that are completely skeptical and the old-aged people that probably have no clue what the heck's going on. 
when it comes to this kind of uh, talk. So, yeah, I, I think for sure. I I haven't really heard too much talk here. Canada is is passing laws uh, from the United, United Nation about uh, green vehicles and green this and that, and it's they're already they're already pushing the price of energy up high enough with taxes. We have carbon taxes here to make it really difficult, or if not impossible, to to move around. And they're gonna they're gonna make sure that they beat the idea of having your own personal mobility and car right out of people. You got a whole generation of young people that don't even want a driver's license. So I I really think that uh, yeah they're going to use the COVID plague laws, COVID measures, to dovetail right into climate change, climate change restrictions, COVID zero, climate change zero. Yeah, for sure. I I agree with you. They call it World War Zero. And, and by the way, global warming is 33 years old right now. Wow. And so we're, this is, it, I just bring this up because it seems like Twin Towers were 33 when they pulled them. Maybe this is the year they can simulate or create the appearance of some kind of climate catastrophe caused by man. But, you, you know, like, like John LeBon brought up, the, this present generation, they're not going to graduate high school without being true believers in global warming. There's no opt-out. There's no opinion on this that matters you have to go with their orthodoxies and so you're not going to go through the school system the educational system without being a believer in climate change in the pandemic model and you're also going to have to believe in some sort of probably the systemic oppression inherent in western civilization you don't get out without being through that particular filter have you read, read the Ten Commandments of the Georgia Guidestones on your program? I've read them before, but not, yeah. not all of them in sequence on the program. If you want to read them, uh, yeah, go ahead, please. This is definitely a good idea, because I put to you guys that you'll agree with more of these and you'll disagree with. They're not as evil as some people try to make them out to be. Maintain humanity under 500 million and perpetual balance with nature. And by the way... For all I know, it is 500 million. How the hell would I know? They say it's 7.7 billion. I seriously doubt that. Now, is it 500 million? I don't know. My guess would be somewhere in between those two. But maybe we're not as far from 500 million as we've been led to believe. Put it this way. If, if there was some way for you to know that there was 500 million on Earth right now, would you have a problem with keeping it around that number? Most people would say, actually, if it is currently 500 million, yeah, keeping it around this number... I don't have an issue with that. Like most people would, would support that, I would think. Well, you know, I, my yeah. issue with the Guidestones is simply that it might be a good idea, but it's a question of who enforces it. And that's my problem with all utopian things, like sustainable models that you could live in on Mars or the moon. You have these like totally planned environments and they sound perfect and utopian and sustainable. Then my question is, who's doing the enforcement? Who's going to control breeding? Does this require a big government? And that's, kind of my take on the stones is it comes from a place of some sort of, I guess, um, authority figure that comes along to set these rules. And I'm like, well, who is this authority? I agree with that. People love authority, bro. Most of the humans, man, they, they want to be told what to think, what to do, where to be, what they can and can't do. They, they want to be told who to hate, who to love. They want to be told where to be at eight o'clock in the well, morning. They want some what leadership. But I think it's sort of the antithesis to the American way. Although the American way has slowly morphed into the globalist way over time. But I'm not in America. Tim Osmond is more so. So I, I really think it's the antithesis of what being American stands for. Individualism, not having people tell you what to do, 
or how to think. America stands for that, does it? America stands it for that. It used to. It used to. Look, I think that 9-11, the whole ritual was about America, the challenger to the global system, being brought to its knees. And I mm-hmm. think America's kneeling right now. And then one tower that went up that replaced it symbolizes the submission. And again, so, you know, I think that, yeah, I object to the idea, but no, it's probably the future. Yeah, I think so. Well, I think this What's whole... Going world- Let's go through this list. This is fun. We actually did this at JohnLeBond.com a few years ago, and I was surprised how many of these things were not so uh, scary, you know what I'm trying to say? So it's, it's actually fun to revisit this. Let's go to number two. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Who's going to control that? Okay, so again, uh, utopianism sounds beautiful on the surface. It's just a question of enforcement. Is it voluntary? And if people adopt this as a positive value and and it fits their their um, idea of a perfect society, then you know, good for them. And so I don't see a problem with that necessarily. If diversity doesn't require a, uh, a state enforcing diversity. And also, I think when we say diversity, we also have to include diversity of minds and the fact that every one of us is unique. And the state will say, no, everybody that looks like this is the same. Everybody that looks like this is the same. So they have one person from each category, which actually negates individual distinction. So diversity, it's one of those words. I find it to be very, you know, it's like, do we want to put that in stone? All these. Okay, so guided reproduction, right? Now we're getting to the heavy stuff. And what I'm about to say will be uh, jarring to people who have this going on in their family or their immediate friendship circle. I don't mean to offend anybody. I'm not trying to uh, be controversial for the hell of it. Let's be serious for a moment, though. What if a child uh, is born with some kind of genetic abnormality and its life is going to be hampered? It'll have growing pains that most kids don't have or it'll need to get uh, some kind of treatment that most kids don't have to worry about. It's going to look different. It's probably going to get teased or bullied more than other kids or it's probably going to die sooner. Hypothetically, suppose there's a genetic abnormality that does those things, and yet the child remains fertile once it reaches uh, puberty. Do you think that uh, such a person who's got all these troubles, if it were to be learned that they could pass that those genetic problems on to their children, that it was likely to happen, do you think that's something that people should be free to do to pass on abnormalities that they know from their own experience uh, leads to trouble, but they want to procreate? Are you happy with people passing on their uh, abnormal genes to their children? Some people will say, yes, that's not for us to decide or a government. That is for the people and for God and people who, or, or that is for the people and uh, the world, like the cosmos, that the universe decide. Other humans should interfere. If those people with those genetic problems want to have children, let them go for it, right? Some people have that opinion. Other people will say, actually, if those people aren't smart enough to realize that, that they're actually going to be bringing a life into this world, that we'll have to go through pain that other kids don't have to go through, they should be discouraged from having children. Some people would agree with that position, you see. Now, I can relate to both sides of that uh, question. And this is a real-life thing. This this is a question that people are answering, not by words, but by actions every day. So if the second thing on the guidestone is guide reproduction wisely, does that sound like a good thing or a bad thing? Most people are going to say it's a good thing. Not me. For me, it's eugenics and it's a bad thing. Because there's just too many variables. Who makes the decision? Who can prove that there's even something called genetics? Who can prove that it's even hereditary? But it is happening right now. It just definitely, um, because uh, my wife was over 30 when she had her first child. We got genetic counseling and it's completely bogus. It's complete BS. 
Uh, but it scared the hell out of us because we were just totally ignorant and following the, in the system. And I highly, I highly do not recommend it because it is a fake science. And to me, it is it just falls under eugenics. It's it's complete and utter nonsense. So I would definitely, at this point in time, at this at this point in in the knowledge base of humanity, say no. I do not think any one industry medical industry or any religious industry that are capable of picking and choosing any 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 future humans so i would say absolutely not and, and so you don't agree it's just a three-word sentence it says guide reproduction wisely no. then it has the caveat improving fitness you don't agree with that no idea. no i don't because then I how about guiding reproduction unwisely how about the government I don't think giving any money guiding. to people who no have children? I think anarchy in reproduction is the best. Well, we don't have anarchy. There is a government, whether you like it or not. That's the reality. So no, you rather we them do guide have anarchy when it comes to reproduction. Them. Nobody tells okay, you so who we, to reproduce with. Money to people to have families, right? Giving people uh, money to single mothers, for instance. That you don't need a father in the picture. Just have the kids and you get the government money. That creates a perverse incentive, as I would call it in economics, to have more children. So re- yeah, procreation is already a, being guided, whether you like it or not. I, I disagree with the in, the premise there. It's not an incentive. No woman looks You don't think it. so? No. I don't think anyone is making children for money. No. Really? No, not where I live. What do you think, Tim? Well, I, what he's talking about is the idea that anything that you subsidize, you'll tend to get more of. Anything you tax, you tend to get less of. Yeah. And but this question, it, to me, it, my my point would be, you know, who are the elite uh, to say who is um, or who should and who shouldn't procreate? And I look at the elite. Am I am I looking at superior beings? Is there a superior class? That is the result of superior breeding. And when I look at Bill Gates or I look at any of these experts, I'm like, do you want to see any of these people naked? Do any of them look like they're going to live to a, a very old age? Do any of them seem to be in any way um, better off or are they just like everybody else? Like, I just don't think that we have a panel of experts that are better than That's the right. individuals making their own uh, decisions about reproduction. Or anything or economies are on anything. Economies are so complicated; they just can't be simplified into one central planning role. See, this, this is this is why we're hurtling the wrong way when it comes to the world's organization. There is no central authority that can be as sensitive and as adaptable as a local economy. The more centralized it becomes, the less sensitive it, it becomes, and then you get things like ghost cities in China. They literally built a city in anticipation of a great movement of getting people off the land, and it didn't materialize. They ended up demolishing a big chunk of it because it just didn't get filled up fast enough, and then it just started to deteriorate because there was no one in there to maintain it. I'm just so against all central planning, period. And that's just why, that's why the Great Reset with central authorities, it's going to inevitably fail. It will fail. It may not fail right away, but it's it's not going to work. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah that's you know, well. Central planning. I. That's that's an interesting topic because that to me is what the future really holds. When you look at the space program, they're trying to create this ideal of this is the perfect world. 
like the Mars base, the lunar base, has get rid of everything that ruined the Earth and just have a distillation of everything that we only need. It's basically this perfect system. And they're trying to get us to adopt that here on Earth, central planning. And yeah, will it work? Is it even feasible? I don't personally, I don't think so, but I think that's what they're trying to get people to go along with. And it seems to be working. And a huge part of it is the new hive mind that John LeBron brought up. Okay, before we move on to number three, though, Ab, just quickly, like abortion is a real thing, right? Like that's not, abortion isn't a hoax that does happen, right? And yeah. a lot of people who are having abortions, they're doing it because they've taken some sort of uh, supposed test while the baby's in the womb and the doctors or the experts, the, the so-called experts come back and they say, oh, it's got this problem, blah, blah, blah. It's got this percentage, blah, blah, blah. And then the parents uh, go ahead and terminate the pregnancy because uh, ostensibly, at least on the surface, they think that if they go ahead with the, having the birth, that the, the child's going to have uh, all of these issues. You know that is happening right now today, right? Like there are children being terminated. I, I agree. And, and many of these, I know it's happening. It's just a, it's just a logical uh, necessity. It's just, if you think about it logically, this has to happen. There'll be false positives in, among those tests. Even if the tests are legitimate and some of the children have whatever they, they claim to have had, fine. But there's going to be some false positives. So there are babies being quote unquote Absolutely. terminated. Okay. Right now, this is a real thing. I know it's a real thing. So, like, are I you? I live. Are you against abortion? I am. You sure. lived it. No, I. We were counseled. We were count. We were. We were given genetic counseling on our firstborn, for sure. And they gave us all the numbers, and we had to make our own decision. And it was the worst thing we ever went through because it just added so much doubt. And of course, we ended up having a perfect child. But the point is that if we had taken any of that advice, we could have easily. Uh, easily followed well they didn't really point us one way or the other they just gave us the numbers and we had to decide but I would rather not have had their phony numbers I think it's as foolish as the PCR amplification process which is not a test complete yeah I'm, I'm with you on all of that you do understand this abortion thing is happening though like it's a real uh, yeah, life thing I just right said, now yeah I agree it does happen and it happened in China school, when they could only have more and more brainwashed to believe that this is good and anyone who's against abortion is evil Yeah, I'm going to put sure. to you that the Democrats of people who have a problem with abortion. Same thing, we're getting older, right? We're getting older. People who even ask these questions are getting older and older. The brainwashing is going on in school. This is a normal thing, a very normal thing. And, and there's no nothing way. that you and I can say or do to stop that. This is a trend that is uh, out of our hands now. Just, yeah. having, just having this conversation about abortion makes us dinosaurs. Like the, the young people today, they, if they listen to this, they would just assume that we're evil people. Basically Hitler, Hitler reincarnate. Well, if you know your history, eugenics was born in the United States or probably Britain. So they were doing it long before Hitler. But I know that, that there is that word association. But for sure. You I don't mean Hitler was in Hitler. Eugenics. I just mean Hitler was in, you know, Hitler bad. You know, like a right. person say a bad thing, men are like this person. Oh, I see. We're that, that person. Just right, by having right. any oh, issues with yeah. the idea of killing a baby in the womb. Right. All right. You better move on to number three because time is of the essence. Right. I would like to go to around four o'clock, which is in another 40 minutes. I don't know what your schedules are like, but I think two hours. Is, time. Time. is that good for you, Tim? Yeah, that's fine by me. Let's go ahead and continue through these. And yeah, John LeBond is right, though. Uh, the pro-life conversation, uh, the whole thing has just been so protracted. It's a political football in many ways. It's a, a huge industry, but um, I think the new thing that I'm seeing on the table being introduced is like, you know, cannibalism and even composting human remains. So we're way past that. We're in Soylent Green territory. Yeah. I had to watch that movie since it came up probably on your show. 
Oh, I had I went and watched. It's a horrible movie. Um, yeah, it really is. I I don't like uh, Charlton Heston either. But uh, yeah, it's based in the year twenty twenty two, isn't it? That's yeah. based in this year. Yeah, yeah. That's why I watched it. I know a lot of these movies that have all these messages in them, they're really not good movies, but I watched it anyway, so for sure. Yeah, and I think that it's the same thing. Once a child was a certain age, it was being brought up by um, foster parents. That's how children were hatched, in, I believe, in the movie. And if there were there were issues with a child, that even up to a certain age, they were liquefied. <laughs> so, so they even got Do to... You know what happens to all of the uh, aborted uh, tissue that... Uh I mean, like in today, in the so-called real world. Do you ever wonder what happens to all of that tissue? Well, I've I've seen and listened to stories. There was a story in the media in the last couple of days where apparently some uh, people, I can't remember, they were anti-abortion or sorry, pro-life side, and they convinced somebody who was removing some what they call bio-waste from an abortion clinic so they can give the, the aborted a proper burial. They were shocked at the... Uh, at the level of um, of uh, number of weeks that the fetuses were when they were aborted, which was against whatever that particular state law was. But yeah, that's that's it's still it's a more hot and heavy debate in the United States more than probably anywhere else in the world, as far as I know. Oh. Well, look, uh, the the space program is talking about astrocrete, where they're suggesting that you can mix human blood and any other body fluid. With the lunar or Martian regolith, just the moon dust, Martian dust, mix it with your blood and create astrocrete, a better form of concrete. And I heard that, I'm thinking, this is like blood and soil. This is some kind of deeper level programming. And at the same time, it's bringing up this reoccurring notion of the recyclability of human beings and how it's an ultimate value to recycle yourself. And just the other day, I was at the dispensary and I got this magazine and there's this organization for um, green burials, where they're actually talking about how to compost human remains. It's becoming a thing to or, save the planet. Or liquefy them. Yeah. Yeah, liquefy them. And if you watch Wall-E, the Pixar film, Disney, no, no, Disney, Pixar, I mean, uh, Wall-E, there is a subtext, and you can find a pretty good video on this on YouTube, that the fattened people on the space arc floating around the uh, trash-covered Earth that they're drinking these slushies that are actually made from their own dead. And that explains why they're all so corpulent. I thought this astrocrete was a joke from a science fiction, but there is a Wikipedia page on it, and they said it could also be called lunarcrete as well, or mooncrete. And it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really crazy. They could put you in a wood chipper, spit you out on the moon, on the, on the, on the ground, on the surface of the moon, and then make this lunar infrastructure out of it it's really grotesque it's like it's literally hellish well to me it's all science fiction it says it was proposed by larry bayer of the university of pittsburgh in 1985 it's a hypothetical aggregate building material to me this is all science fiction mumbo jumbo because there's no moon there's no going to the moon rather there's no going to mars so it's all to me it's just science fiction so i don't really give it too much Anyway, yeah, like, true. It's all science fiction. And have, have none, either of you come across the wooden moon theory? Because no. all the moon rocks are petrified wood. Have you heard of that? No. You, John Yeah, the, the moon rocks, petrified wood. I mean, what yeah, do you I remember that. I've never heard of the wooden moon theory, no. Never heard no, of but it. I've heard of the petrified wood. I've heard of that. 
No, I just bring that up because there's no explanation for that. You know, you're right. It's all science fiction. And their only physical evidence we can look at is contradictory. And so if you're a true believer in this thing, you have to own the wooden moon rocks, petrified wood moon rocks. You have to own that. That's part of your belief system, not mine. Okay, should we go to the next point here? Number three, we got ten left or seven left, so we better hurry. Three, unite humanity with a living new language. Sounds harmless enough, especially if that language, I don't know by new if they mean newer than English, but if English is new yeah. enough, yeah, if everyone on earth speaks English, a lot of people's lives will be easier. I don't see this as a necessarily bad thing or nefarious thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see why, and I think English sort of already is the official language of the world. Yeah, I like that one. You could even use the internet as the universal language. So I have no problem or with... Or emoticons. How about emoticons? I don't even need words anymore. Just respond yes. with face with uh, a tongue hanging out or face with a little sweat thing on the top or face with a big grin. I mean, emoticons, everyone understands them. Chinese, English, Bulgarian, we all understand emoticons. Yes, for sure. The language is changing already. It's It's being simplified, dumbed down. And there really isn't a hell of a lot of language right now, for sure. Not a lot of speaking. Number four, rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Okay. I think they're trying to... Yeah, so be reasonable in what you do. Like, tempered is in, don't allow yourself to get angry or easily aggravated. Try and be reasonable about it. That this to me seems reasonable. Like this seems like a fair thing. Well, they don't want to, any radical to religions. They don't want any radical belief system. They want everything to be middle of the road, watered down. They don't want any radical views on how society should be ordered or disordered. That's that's what it sounds like to me. They want to uh, just clip the edges of society and make it just keep the middle part. Yeah, that doesn't sound bad, but my only question would be who defines what is reason and what isn't because in their system, it is reasonable to believe the lies of NASA and the global warming story, whereas I see that as superstition. And superstition is largely trumped reason. So, but again, I, I find that one very agreeable in theory. Yeah, we do want reason to triumph over superstition. And uh, that has to be a, a basis for some common um, notion of sanity. So I'm not really opposed to that one. Well, I think the whole idea this is this this sounds like communitarianism, and the whole idea about communitarianism it's sort of a softer, more marketable version of communism. But the problem is it just doesn't work. But it sounds great. Utopia always sounds great, but it, people just you can't change people and their biological tendencies and their and just their they're human faults. So it's all utopia, as far as I'm concerned. But we'll we'll continue. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Okay. Well, we don't have just courts in Canada right now. We we just passed some more ridiculous laws this weekend where I live, where if they don't like you taking your truck to do a protest, they'll just take your truck. There's no appeal. There's no hearings. And they'll take your house. So they just passed that law here where I live. So if this is the... So wouldn't it be nice if you did have fair laws and just courts? Wouldn't that be an improvement on the situation? If the Guidestones well, uh, number came, came to pass, wouldn't that be a good thing? Yeah, but 
it's so subjective, and obviously the people that rule over us, they think everything they're doing is fair so far because it's all done in this communitarian spirit where we're trying to protect the community and damn the individual. That's what's happening now. Right now, we don't want a couple loud truckers blocking the streets and blowing their air horns when 500 people on that street have to put in earplugs. That's just not fair. And fair so, is... Do you agree with the... Not. It just says protect people and nations no, with fair laws and just cause. I, I, like, I think it's too ambiguous. Fair is so just, ambiguous. Guys, don't. Like, if you met somebody else, just a regular person, and they said to you, you know what I want to see? I want to see people protected with fair laws and just courts. Would you disagree with them as well? Or are you only disagreeing with this one because it comes from the Godstones? I'm only disagreeing because it's way too subjective. The Godstones are anonymous. Okay. That's, that's like, I, I like the Ten Commandments. Not all of them. I'm not necessarily with that. But my point is, in theory, don't lie, don't steal, right. love your neighbor. Like That stuff's fine. The problem is, look at who has been enforcing that. Look at who carries the Ten Commandments in their books and uh, the, the ones who carry that banner. Uh, they're historically fully co- uh, fully complicit with slavery, uh, war, not alien to any of these religions. So I'm like, well, the people carrying the Ten Commandments, yeah, it's kind of idealistic, utopian, but have they actually lived it? Do we trust them to implement this? So who's going to implement the Georgia Guidestones? Now, if I was tasked with it, I could probably do it in an ethical way, but I'm not sure if I trust the authors of it. But so far, I don't find all of it that disagreeable. Again, it's just a matter of enforcement. Yeah, and it won't be disagreeable because how else will they get you to go along with it? It's going to be very ambiguous and sound all very great, all very nice. Number six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Okay. Sounds reasonable. Right, okay. Number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine Sounds with that. Sounds good to me. That just that would have, that would have prevented 2020. So yeah, I like that one. Eight balance personal rights and social duties. Uh, that's more of the communist uh, cloaked text right there. Well, should you be allowed to walk through a shopping mall stark naked, or do you have responsibility to your society to dress with some sense of uh, decorum or some sense of uh, adhering to what is considered normal? A lot of people would say, no, I think it's good that you have to wear clothes because a lot of the people who shop at my shopping mall, I don't want to see them naked. So I'm glad they have to wear at least some clothes. Most people would say that, Ab. Now, you might come back and say, nope, government shouldn't be allowed to make people wear clothes or whatever. Okay, fair enough. But you're going to be in the minority, man. You're going to be in the small minority. Well, look what they've done. Now the thing is face nudity. Oh, you're a face nudist in the mall. You have to leave. So if we, we don't want... So it's an enforcement thing. If we accept their premise that we have our social duties, then they'll say, well, now your duty is to be triple vaxxed and wear a space uh, a space junk helmet you got with that your right. mask. That's the slippery slope right there. I mean, we could say that that's not balanced anymore. You've gone, they've gone too far with this idea of uh, social duties trumping rights. But in just in the basic sense, balancing rights with duties, I'm putting to you guys, that does make sense, logically speaking. There should, there should be a balance. Well, some give and some take. There is a balance now, but now it's out of balance. Uh, it's it, out of balance. Yeah, that's the issue. It's way out of balance right now. And uh, we're just trying to reestablish the old balance, but it's tipping away from the old to the new. And a lot of people that understand the slippery slope argument don't like it and are trying to arrest it right now. 
We don't know if it ends. So it's kind of premature to act as though it's about to end. So I kind of like that one. Number 10, be not a cancer of the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. They put that twice. And I think that um, the future king of England, what's his name? Chucky with the big ears, who has uh, been pushing this uh, new earth religion again, Mother Gaia. I think uh, this is probably part of his, his credo. And I think he has a lot to do with uh, just this whole earth worship thing that uh, the Covidian cults want to bring in with their their, co- their climate change cult. I think that I think that's Are you familiar the, with Gaia, the, the World Economic Forum? They have the Global AI Action Alliance. So they've actually merged Gaia, the Earth Worship, with AI. No. They're at the World Economic Forum. Yeah, wow. it's called Gaia. I'm okay. like, wow. They're, and Gaia is their idea of how they're going to use artificial intelligence to help, I guess, basically manage the world. So the Global AI Action Alliance. Oh, I see it. Very, yeah. very interesting. Wow, you got their fancy graphs and all whole thing. To harness the transformative potential of artificial intelligence by accelerating the adoption of trusted, transparent, and inclusive AI systems globally. Wow. Yeah, AI hive mind to rule the world. Call it Gaia, named after the Greek goddess of the earth. And it's coming from the World Economic Forum 666, courtesy of our dear leader, Darth Schwab. Right. Yeah. You've got, yeah. He, this guy has gotten way more airtime than he, than he deserves for sure. And the good thing is he's 83 now. So unless he's got a, an unlimited supply of adrenochrome or whatever extends life, I think that he is pushing the statistical average of the, uh, typical Bavarian male. I think he's just about at the end end of lifespan. Hopefully, sometimes ideas die with the with the person that brings them in. But I'm sure he has plans to extend all his ideas into the future. Well, do you guys think there's any stopping this? Like, what's going on in the world? Do you actually think there's any stopping this? Really, without a good alternative to what their position is, no. Bro, if you go to a restaurant, parents are giving their kids, their little five-year-old kids, tablets and phones to distract them, okay? I'm telling you right now, those kids are not going to learn to interact with people in a normal way. It's just not going to happen. And we all know this. Like any of us who just take a moment to think about what's happening, and that's just one microcosm of what's happening. Anybody who takes the time to think about what's happening and where it all leads, they can, we can figure out, broadly speaking, the world as we imagine it to be. It's not going to be that way in the future. This is just a fact. So whether it's Klaus Schwab or any other clown or turkey up there as the Goldstein to heap our hatred towards makes no difference. This is, this is much bigger than Klaus Schwab or the World Economic Forum. This is bigger than the G7 economies or Barack Obama or creepy Joe Biden, whatever he's called. This is bigger than all these people. It's bigger than us. Isn't it? There's no stopping this. I agree. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think there's any stopping it. I think that the Great Reset is actually the great work of the Freemasonic Secret Society Networks, and it's the great work of the Thelemic New Age. I think the Great Reset is the Greta Reset. It's the Green World Order. And I think that the organizers of this are 
way ahead of those of us who are just now reading the scripting and the storyline that we should have, well, that we've been living through, basically. So, no, there's no stopping it, no. Is America aware of the Great Reset? Is it starting to permeate the culture down there? Or Because America has been through, you guys, outside of California and New York State, you guys have really got through the whole pandemic playbook a long time ago. For instance, on Terrible, where I live, we're they just got rid of the masks a few weeks ago. But uh, most of America, at least flyover country, they've got rid of it. Uh, they got rid of it a year ago. Is any of this coming through? Because I'm hearing stories about how, if you believe that people are dying of the vaccine, which I do believe, in higher numbers, and they're just tired of putting up with the whole mask no mask debate which is still enforced i think in the united states travel on planes other than that is it there really a noticeable effect in the u.s about what's what's to come what's coming they really have a clue um i think what what we saw with this 2020 was fast forwarding a lot of the agenda 2030 moving us towards lockdown culture increased internet controls but i think they achieved their goals and then they can walk it back. It's like a leash. They, they give you a, a little bit of slack, but the leash is still there. And this great reset is happening. You know, it's a big cultural shift. I don't even think it's that coincidental that the Q and honors are waiting on a quote, great awakening. They, they're having people waiting for big change, big shifts, but no, I think it's already happening. I think the, the culture war has already been lost. 311 revealed a lot to me about this, just watching how quick Americans were to give up everything, to snitch on each other. I just realized there's no solidarity. And then I see the mob uprisings, the cities being burned or the looting and the rioting, and there's no there's no real outrage. It's just kind of like passive. And so I thought, well, this is just the ritualistic burning of the old age. And the, looter, the looters, yeah, that's just destroying the old way of shopping and free market activity, and it's all going online. Okay. It's happening so, anyway, and they don't know what's happening, but it is happening. Oh, yeah. In fact, when I saw the Amazon Go store, these are the stores you go in, you just grab your stuff and you leave. The Amazon Go in Seattle had burned, and I thought, you know, this has just got to be a way of, of ritualistically celebrating the way we're going to shop in the future, where you just go in and grab it, and it's all attached to you individually. You're getting rid of the traditional model. So burn down, build back better. So, no, there's no stopping the build back better agenda. And, yeah. you know, this is something. So. They've got the Walgreens go store in California, but they're, they're not actually keeping track of what everyone's stealing. <laughs> they just go in and take it and leave. And if it's under $1,000, then you get to keep it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, you'll own nothing in the future and you'll be happy. Yeah, Is that a bad thing, Tim? Like if, if there was a, an increase of the number of people who don't own anything... But they were actually happier. And I understand it's difficult to measure people happy. But let's just say there was some way that we could establish or that it could be established that people are this happy or that happy, blah, blah, blah. What if in a future world, five or ten years from now, who knows, there will be less people owning anything of substance, houses, cars, whatever. It'll all be rentals or micro rentals or whatever. But they're actually happier. Like if that were to come to pass, would that be a bad thing? It wouldn't be a bad thing if it doesn't 
require the loss of property rights. Like I'm all for streamlining one's life where I don't have to own bookshelves to have thousands of books. I don't have to be saddled with a car and I can drive something better than I can afford just by renting. So I don't really think there's anything necessarily wrong with this idea of living a life without being encumbered by property. But coming from Dr. or rather um, Darth Schraub, it sounds to me like they're almost saying we're going to, you're not going to own anything in the sense of a, a propertyless surf. So as long as we're still allowed to own property, we have property rights, including the right to your body. Do you own your body or are you an extension of the hive? So that's really what it's about for me. Well, somebody yeah, has to own it. Somebody has to own it. That's the thing. Who? <laughs> there is no great community in the sky that's going to own everything. Some, somebody or some entity will own it. And ownership, especially of property or ownership of anything that's in high demand just increases its worth. That means somebody will become more wealthy and more powerful. So I think that concentrating wealth in the hands of very few people obviously is very dangerous and I'm completely against it. So no, that in theory, it sounds all wonderful that you don't have any responsibility, but even if people are happy, Tim, even if they're, even if they're happier that, uh, well, I don't think happiness Look, could be uh, easy. I, like you'd be less happy, Ab, but you, no, no offense to you, bro. You're on the other side of the hill, oh, yeah. and I'm very fast approaching the middle of that hill. Like we're getting older, but the kids, what if they're quite happy, never even owning their smart? Like right now, the smartphone's the most important thing in their life. What if they're happy being on some kind of Apple plan where they don't even really own their iPhone 15 or whatever it is? Yeah, in a year already, or two, yeah, they go back and now they get an Apple 17 or 18 or the hell it is. What if they're happy that way? Like to you and me, it's like no. If I'm going to pay for a phone. I own the freaking phone. I'll do what I want. Uh, they're happy to effectively rent the phone. Or video games. When I was a kid, you wanted to own the game. You might trade games with your friends or whatever, but you you're, owned it. You're talking about You know what I noticed a few years ago? I'm it became, about big it became really though. common for kids to get a game, <clears throat> then go back to GameStop or whatever, whatever you want to call your version of it. It's called EB Games in Australia. They would take the game back, and then they would get a credit towards their next game. Effectively, all they had done was rent the game long term, and they're happy doing that, right? If they're happy... Why is it such a bad thing? Well, you're talking about small what? things, John. Phones and video games. Yeah, and those kids are soon going to want to get cars. And guess what? They'll be told you can have the Tesla. You kind of own it. You kind of don't. Blah, blah, blah. They'll get used to the idea of they're going to upgrade the Tesla every three years, whatever the case might be. They're already being primed for this. So whether it, And like I'm in Plovdiv here. You see these little spark rental cars. I don't know if you guys have them. No. But apparently, you can just happen on your phone. And then you press the button on the phone. And the car opens and you can drive it for up to whatever period of time when the battery still lasts. Then you have to take it back to a, a station and then it's cost you whatever to rent the car, like a micro rental or short term rental. I'm seeing these cars more and more in this city. Now, if they're in this city, it's only a matter of time until you start seeing them in, in cities in your part of the world. It might take a few years for this to catch on, but eventually people will be like, why do I even need a car? I can just rent one when I need one, right? And guess what? A lot of these people will be happy. They don't want to own a car. They want to rent them, right? Same thing with houses. More and more people will get used to just renting houses. Right? You don't have to own the house, you can just rent it. They'll get used to it. Might take a generation, but it's going to happen, Ed. It's going to happen in my lifetime. I think in your lifetime as well. This isn't that far away. Yeah, just because it's going to happen doesn't make it right or doesn't make it desirable. So I, I just disagree. What if the majority are for it, though? That's the issue here. Like you and me and well, Tim, uh, Tim also might have his sure views. I'm but... in the minority to provide them that service if that's what they want. But I'm not going to be on the own nothing side of the fence because you can't get ahead. I'm on the be happy side of the fence. As I'm, long as people are happy, what do I care? 
Yeah, well, if you're running things, yeah, as long as the masses are happy and they're not after you and your wealth, then I guess that's a good way to be. And if I was running the show, I'd make sure I gave everyone what they wanted just to keep them away from accumulating any power or wealth. So if they, that attitude just makes it easier for the people that have all the marbles now. How many of those people own their own things as well? Like generally people, they don't uh, run their businesses under their name. They'll create a corporation. It's the corporation that owns a thing. Yeah, It's this it's this fictional entity that owns yeah, the business or what have you. And end. people just have roles. So all these wealthy CEOs that you see, like they're not all hoaxes. There are CEOs that get paid a lot of money to run businesses. They don't own the business. The business is a separate entity. They come, they run the business for a few yeah, years, then well, someone else takes over. But there's more it's just soul. humans filling roles in a bigger system. Yeah, there's That's more, all it is. There's, it's not, it's not, there's not a few bunch, a little bunch of people doing this. Though. It's a bigger system. It's a much bigger system. There's lots of people that own their own small businesses that can get wealthy that way. So you're talking, there's many kinds sure, of Sure, but they're, but they're going to create a limited liability company or a proprietary limited company, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it in your that's country, whatever tax the, reasons, the rules though. are. It's, a, it's the company that's getting wealthy. This person just controls it. Yeah, yeah, yeah but if they own the company, then they, they get all the dividends from it. So I don't know what you're saying. That's just and, then what, and then what happens if that company goes bankrupt, though? Okay, well then the company goes bankrupt, and they presumably will keep their their own personal wealth. They're, those are just tax. Yeah, and do you vehicles. do you support that? Like, do you support limited liability companies? So, yeah, if the business still owes people lots of money, you can't take that dude's house. But hold on, he controlled the company. Oh, the company's separate. Do you support that kind of thing? Yeah, I support I support free enterprise as we know it right now. I don't. No, I, don't I mean corporations. Do you, do you support limited or proprietary limited companies? Yes. Well, who's going to enforce that? The big system, it's the big government now. system. Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of the system that's going to, all they're doing is getting rid of the small companies and just having some big corporations, transnationals that control everything. I, I disagree with that. I just, I agree with more smaller decentralized corporations. I don't really believe in these mega transnational corporations that have more power than countries. Well, they're not free market. Uh, that right, illusion right. was dispelled completely in 2020 when Bezos made $33 billion in a single quarter. Meanwhile, small stores couldn't compete. Right. And if exactly. you wanted, and, and, and if you try to sell any kind of PPE related stuff on Amazon, they canceled your store because. Right. So I'm like, that's not free market. And if it's not free market, I'm not all that interested. But if people voluntarily uh, go with a system that they feel is better and it makes them happy, I'm not going to stand in their way so long as they don't try to drag me into it, which tends to be the habit. Like if you want to wear a mask and sit in your basement all day because you're afraid of air, be my guest. But when you want a mandate so the government can make me do it, that's when we have friction. So we'll see if this is a frictionless new world order system or if they allow some of us to slip through the cracks. All right, we got about five, ten minutes left. Why don't we just focus on what you guys are looking forward to on your websites in the coming, say, month or two? Because it'd be good if we could convene once, once a month, once every other month, if you guys are interested. So, what, what are you guys looking forward to now in your, um, on your websites? Uh, John, you want to go first? Uh, at the moment, we're just doing the member Discord calls. We do these usually every second Saturday. I'll set aside two separate times, one that suits Americans and one that suits Australians, and then we'll get together 
and we'll record a two-hour call and then we'll just chat off the record anywhere from two hours to five or six hours. So we'll do this. If everything works out, it works out to about four of these per month. And there's been a lot of fun. And the discussions that we have are often not too dissimilar to this one. And when I got into this thing six or seven years ago, one of the things I liked was the idea of, I've got all these opinions, but what are these opinions based on? So this idea of testing, well, why do I believe this? Why does this person believe that? I think that can be constructive and productive. So that's what we try and do on the member Discord calls. And we've got another one coming up in a couple of weeks. So anybody who wants to come along, be part of the calls, can do that. They're on the JLB Discord server. And if you just want to listen live, you can do that. Or if you want to listen to the recorded part, which is released as a two-hour podcast, you can do that as well at uh, johnlebond.com. But beyond that, Ab, uh, nothing too much, man. I haven't released any new research since what I looked into back in January. And I don't know if you uh, caught any of this, but... Back in January, I was looking into, because I've known for a while that cesarean section births, they're presented as being some kind of progressive technology or good for the baby. That's not what the science says. I already knew about that. What I didn't know until early this year was how many people were having C-section births because they were being told by the medical industry that it was an emergency. That is emergency C-section births. So a few months ago, I looked into the supposed science behind this and what I found shock me to the depths of my miserable soul. And that was probably the last piece of detailed research that I released in terms of uh, written material. So to answer your question, Ab, what's coming up for me? Just more member Discord calls, having chats like this, but in terms of research, uh, nothing on the horizon. I have to say, though, well, I've got you before Tim tells us what he's doing at uh, Infinite the Plan Society. I listened to your chat, Tim, with uh, Mr. E3000, and I have to say, he came across way more uh, knowledgeable and um, pleasant and... Uh, just sensible than I was expecting. Like he's not all about the the transgender stuff. He's he's got a lot of other material. But did you come away from that chat with him, Ab, feeling as though like, like he he does think all these celebrities are transgender? Because I get the impression he really does believe that. Like all the men and women and vice versa. Is that the impression you got? Well, I think a lot of the ones that are promoted before us. Yeah, I th- I think so. But further to what you were saying earlier, he's definitely a scholar. I think he's a master's of English. And he's been fired, terminated from his job for not getting the lethal injection. And but he is a very smart person and very well rounded. And I, I really enjoy talking to the guy. And he definitely, and he knows Greek as well. He's looking at the mistranslation of the Bible, and just from a elite gender inversion or from a malakos, I think is the Greek word, point of view, effeminate man kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy the guy. He's very intelligent, and that's that's the main reason I like listening to him. Of course, he does very good transvestigations, and uh, I just find it very entertaining because when I am fooled by these men impersonating women, I'm, I'm just blown away how advanced the technology is and how easily I am. In the live stream chat, Dirty Benny says... JLB still denying EGI, which is the transgender agenda. Ha ha, is in his, he's laughing at me for not believing in the, the transgender agenda thing. Let me say to Dirty Benny, who's one of the better commenters at fakeologist.com, <laughs> yeah. I'm not denying anything. For all I know, Sigourney Weaver was born in a very different way to what she's presented now. For all I know, I, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if they did it and got away with it, because who's going to stop them? It wouldn't surprise me if they did it and no one noticed, because who's going to notice? Most people are paying attention to nothing, let's be real. It wouldn't surprise me if they've got some weird reason for doing it, like to mock the masses or some other um, service to their deity. Like, I'm not 
against it at all. My issue is, how can you be so convinced that, that someone, they can know any of this stuff just by looking at some photos of some people? Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it's, I'm not as convinced by the supposed evidence as some people are. That's, that's my issue. But, but I'm not saying people can't believe it or shouldn't believe it. Like if you really believe it, that's fine. But I just, I'm not convinced by the evidence app. Like humans do come in different shapes and sizes, men and women. So I'm not, I'm not convinced and by this. And he does drill you know, down into those differences or. and shows the ones that can't be easily altered. That, that's really, and he's, he's pretty good at, uh, at going through the literature of the differences between men and women. And for instance, he has hunches, but if he can't see the pelvis, then he will call it a bit of a draw. Because if you can't see an accurate portrayal of the, or viewing of the pelvis region, for instance, as one of the very good determinants of sex, then you can just speculate like the rest of us because we don't get to do a physical examination of these entities for good reason. Okay. Does Mr. E think that Donald Trump was born a biological female? I I think he is questioning that. What do you think? Well, MAGA is the feminine form of magis. You know, right. as in like witch. And I see the scarlet hat. MAGA, make America great again. Sounds like America the Fallen or Babylon the Fallen. He could be the whore of Babylon. He could be a I woman. Agree. But but I would need some more evidence. I'm very evidence-based. Mr. E does pro-offer something of a methodology, forensic yeah. anthropology in a way. He looks at bones, etc. But, you know, I go to the gym and like JLB said, people come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, I've been transvestigated some, uh, Morgyle, John the Morgyle said I was a woman wow. looking at my hips and I'm like, my shoulders are wider than my hips. But in that particular photo, the angle maybe gave a different impression. So, yeah, I, I need I need more hard evidence, but I'm interested in hearing someone's analysis, how they arrived at it. Um, and I mean, there is evidence for things like eunuchs and things that have been done throughout history. But elite gender inversion, for people who don't know, it's kind of like instead of reptiles ruling the world, it's uh, how would you explain it? Well, I think he calls them androgynes, and the the whole androgynous idea that uh, seems to be being pushed. Like, you, would you agree that this whole transgender agenda is is being pushed way out of proportion, way out of proportion to what the people actually believe in, what the people actually want? Like, there, there's just if you go talk in your average bar or coffee shop. Are people really talking about transgender at the same rate that it's being promoted in the mainstream media? Well, one, they're not. And two, there's not as much intolerance towards it as the media would make you think. I don't think that people are that intolerant at all. I, I think what we're looking at here is another minority group being used to advance an ulterior agenda. And what, so with the, the transgender so-called agenda, I think really it's part of the post gender agenda and it's about moving humanity into the gray where there is no gender there is no individuality so i, I think ultimately I it's an attack on the individual it's not yes. about protecting gender nonconformists. i agree and i think that is one of it, mr e's central messages as well or when i the thing I, is that like there's separate things though so we can all see that there's some kind of agenda in terms of brainwashing the kids to think that men can have babies and all this crap. I mean, if you Google right now, can a man have a baby? Look at the top result of Google if you do that. That's obviously happening. For me, it, that's a related issue, but a separate issue too is Justin Bieber a girl or is Donald Trump a woman or, you know, like they're related, obviously. 
but they're separate things. Like you can see that they are teaching kids that, uh, you know, men can have families with other men and have babies. Like that is, that is happening. You can see that. That, that's, that's fine. Like you, when I say that's fine, I mean, it's in, I'm not arguing with people about that. That's clearly happening. Whereas if you show me photos of Trump where he looks too feminine or you show, show me photos of, um, Justin Bieber and he has what a girl's torso or a girl's Q ankle or something. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he's a girl, but they're just photographs. You know, is this what I'm trying to say to you here? It's a lot of speculation based on some photos. That's true. I mean, we that, can't... They're separate things is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I'm waiting to hear men have abortions too. I haven't heard that one yet, but it, we're getting there. It's getting really confusing on purpose, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely on purpose. Well, I, I enjoy his investigation. I enjoy his uh, way of looking at things. Sometimes I do get tired of talking about viruses and vaccines. I think all of us uh, all of us know way more about big pharma than we ever would have wanted to two years ago. I'm sick of it personally, but if as long as the mainstream, as long as the powers that be are bringing this to us every single day until we're on our knees, we have to we have to defend ourselves against it. As long I I I don't want to talk about transgenderism ever. I think it's nonsensical, but as long as the mainstream media is pushing it at us, as long as the controllers want us to talk about it, we have to defend ourselves against it and our children. They have to, if they're getting one side of the story, I think it's important to bring the the counter story and at least give them some relief against one, one message that's being pushed. I, that, otherwise, I would never talk about it. Oh, right, we, I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, we're, we're we're countering the mm-hmm. the monolithic media with uh, other views, and just because you're countering something doesn't mean you're against it. Doesn't mean you're a hater. Doesn't mean you're a super spreader or a polluter. And I'm tired of the MSM's assumed moral high ground. So anyway, hey, this has been a, a great talk, and and really yeah. quick, I just wanted to say, InfinitePlaneSociety.com is the only place I send people these days because I'm so scattered. So okay, you're asking good. where I send people, and. I look forward to doing more of these types of things. So, um, you know, definitely stay in touch. And I think uh, the people at Infinite Plain Society like hearing from both of you as well. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. It's been a couple hours. It's been a great talk. And uh, you're t- Tim, you're on all the time, nearly daily, so people can tune into you. And John the Bond, you have a membership site where they can get all your past shows. And future shows. Yeah, there's more than a hundred member Discord calls. And like I said, a lot of the member calls are very similar to tonight's call where I'll be like, okay, how about this? Or here's the story. What do you think about this? And then there'll be two, three, four, five, six people there. And then we just discuss lots of things and see where it goes. And I'm one person out with one perspective and one uh, somewhat narrow range of interests. You get more people together discussing these things. It's always a lot of fun. So if people like this kind of discussion, go to johnthebond.com. There's more than a hundred of these waiting and we're making more every month. It's a lot of fun. So thank you, Ab, for having me. Thank you, Tim, for being here. And if you guys want to keep doing this once a month or what have you, I'm, I'd am i be more than happy to partake. It's been a lot of fun. So thanks to both of you. Okay, I agree. And Tim, we'll have you back too, if that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to it. Uh, this has been great. Uh, great catching up with both of you. Um, there's, there's always so much happening. And I yeah. like to kind of cross-pollinate our research and our, our um, respective uh, subscribers. So thanks. All right. Thank you, guys. All the best. And we'll see you next time. Tally home.